Welcome back to the podcast. It is 2021 and this is episode 139, but it's really episode one of 2021. So welcome back. It is amazing to have you here. I'm super excited for this year because all of my holidays that were in 2020 have been postponed to this year. So this year is going to be epic. It's going to be amazing because I'm just going to be like holiday Susie. So I'm so excited that you're here and I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Welcome to a new year. I hope that you are feeling excited and positive and that you're going to do big things this year, whatever big means to you. But listen, let's get started with this week's podcast. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hey there, my gorgeous human. I hope that you are well. I hope that you have had a bit of a break over this holiday period and that you have had some rest and relaxation. I know that I will be having that time. I'm actually batching and recording this before the holidays in December and January uh, and I'll be taking about four weeks off with the family and just just enjoying summer here in Melbourne uh, which is very exciting and I'm so looking forward to it. So I hope that you are doing well. But listen, today I have got Jackie Nanton from White Deer Design. Jackie has been my designer for quite a few years and she is awesome at sharing her knowledge and also teaching people how to DIY their designs. And so I thought, what a great episode to kick the year off because I know that we are always looking at how we create great content, high quality content, content that is right on brand with what it is we want to say and how we want to look and all the rest of it. So I thought this was a fun way to start the year off as well. So make sure you go and check her out at White Deer on Instagram. We're going to be talking about how you can DIY your graphics and make the most of what you're doing as well. But listen, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that BBA is coming. We are opening Brand Builders Academy very, very soon. So make sure you head over to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and join the wait list because this is your year. This is the year that you are going to start to create the systems, strategies and structure to be able to scale your business, to get the mindset and to get the things in place so that you can step up as the CEO. If you're kind of winging it, if you're just doing bits and pieces and you don't have a real system, and way of managing your business, managing your marketing, managing your money. And if you are not paying yourself the way that you want to, then Brand Builders Academy is for you. It has been so exciting to see some of my clients and one of them will be on the podcast next week. Look at how they are saving so much money so that they can actually take big holidays with their family, take time off, have money in the bank to reinvest, pay themselves what they really want, triple their profits, never have this much money coming into their business, work with more clients, not feel overwhelmed and overworked and burnt out. So that is what it's all about. So I would love to invite you to join the waitlist for Brand Builders Academy just head to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and you will get everything you need when doors open at the end of January, beginning of February and we kick off on the 8th of Feb. So make sure you're ready for it and I would love to see you there. But listen, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Jackie, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you. It's so, so good to have you here. It's very, it's very exciting to be chatting to you. So good. We were just chatting. You're four weeks off having your baby when we we're recording this. Although by the time this goes live, hopefully we'll have had it. You'll, hopefully <laughs> you'll be yeah, all done and dusted. Although yeah. done and dusted is never really something you can say when you have a baby. It's like in in twenty years you will be done and dusted. <laughs> yeah, and even then, maybe not really. 
<laughs> I know, so good, so good. Uh, so, Jackie, for those of my audience who don't know you, um, and you have been my designer for a while now, like maybe a year yeah. or two. I'd say it's been more than that because it this year has just been COVID, and we've um, we've definitely worked together a year or so before that. So. Yeah, I would say nearly even three. Oh my gosh. I just don't even know where time goes. But anyway, we've worked together for quite a long time. Um, And I found you through Fee Mims actually, because you were the designer for her online magazine. Yeah. Yep. Shine. Shine. Shine online. Shine. Uh, And I was on the cover of one of them um and the the design was so awesome and I'm like who's your designer and that was I think the first time so that was a long time ago actually that would have been four years ago as well but anyway for those of my audience who don't know you give us a little bit of background on you and like how did you start your business when did you start it yeah um, that's a good question that I definitely don't know the answer to but I do know how I started it um as, as a kid I always loved like creative stuff and um I enjoyed exploring that kind of thing and I loved making things for people and then seeing their reaction like oh that's pretty cool I don't know how you did that and I was like oh I know I'm so amazing <laughs> you sound like my daughter well that's just maybe she'll become a graphic designer I think she might very oh, creative yeah right. good um, so yeah, so I started off like that and then, um, ended up just doing a few things for family and friends. And I was either going to study psychology or graphic design at uni. And then I found out how long psychology you had to study for. And I thought, nope, <laughs> I'll be doing graphic design. Thank you. Um, so I transitioned into that and my plan was always to work at an agency first and do all the stuff and be what you're meant to do. But I graduated, I live in Bendigo, which is a small regional town. Well, not a small, it's a regional town, but not small. Um, but either way, when there's a graphic design course going through and there's 30 graduate seats, yeah, there is no way there are enough agencies to hire that many graduates. So I could, couldn't get a job. And I thought, I'm just going to fast forward my process. Always wanted to work for myself anyway. I'll just start up my business. Um, and I actually think I started about halfway through uni, um, kind of half officially, half not just ticking away at random things and I got a couple of good clients and the next thing I knew I was doing some design stuff and I was like I'm kind of glad I don't have a real job because I'm 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 getting enough work just doing my own stuff so and I loved it I love the idea of being able to work for yourself and how to run your own hours being able to do all that stuff and so for a few years um, I was doing graphic design work for incredible women in business I thankfully found a really great niche of people like you that are really passionate about what they're doing they're really hands-on they really um, love serving their people and I just loved working for those kind of people so I did that for a few years until I realized that um, there was a bit of a gap in the market between the people that I was working with and the people at the very start of their business um, and they just because I found that people that started their business, they didn't have the money to hire me. And I thought, "Mm, that's not great. Um, You're just doing really crappy graphic design. Where, where can I fill in this gap? Um, And so I thought, I'll try to, I'll try to teach these people in the, in the, in the midsection. But then as I was finding that out, I also, I guess I already knew this, but I hadn't kind of clicked that most of my clients, most of these successful business owners, people like yourself were still doing their own graphics. Like it wasn't as if I was doing everything they were doing just because of time needs or budget needs or anything like that. Like there's barely, I don't think there's one business I've ever worked for that doesn't do at least one of their own graphics. So I thought, there's obviously a niche here as well. There's the first starting businesses, but there's also the people that are into business for quite a few years, but they don't have the skills to be able to make do a really good job of their the rest of the graphics so they might have got a designer to their original brand or they might have done that years ago um, but there just was this this lack of teaching or equipping for those people to know what to do so I ended up starting a little course for that um, and really starting to switch my business from doing it for people to teaching people how to do it for themselves so yeah it's been pretty fun awesome that's so good and what's that course called uh, DIY design my biz awesome okay yeah. great yeah and I think it's interesting because even in the way that I think about it. So I had my visual branding done um, a year or so ago uh, by the girls at The Who and then they gave me some templates, et cetera. But because I'm a bit naughty and I just like to do my own thing, sometimes I don't (laughs) always stick to it. It's like, you know, as a branding consultant as well, well done, Suze. Um, But, yeah, but I stick with my colours and my look and my feel. Uh, but also sometimes I just, I want to experiment, I want to play and I want to move quickly on some things sometimes. So I will, you know, get you to do things where I'm like, you know, logos and gifts and, um, you know, frameworks and things like that, 
which I'm just kind of like, I really need somebody else who like knows what they're doing for stuff like that. But when it comes to let's say my socials that I like to play a little bit. Uh, and so you're so right. It's, you know, it is that kind of balance between having a team that can support you to do stuff, but every now and again, you know, something, I just kind of want to do it myself as well. So, um, I think that that's such a good niche that you've found. And I think that's really true of that audience as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, even in my, I couldn't think for even myself not being able to do a couple of my own graphics. Like you just have this awesome idea and you just want to pop it out (laughs) and you're restricted. So yeah, giving people that freedom to be able to not only just pop their own stuff out, but pop stuff out that actually looks good and serves their business isn't, isn't just existing for the sake of existing. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think, you know, something, it is the whole thing of evolving with the market and Canva's become such a like everyday tool for business owners that, you know, by you teaching them how to use it well, then that is also meeting a need that, you know, is absolutely happening right now where, you know, you can definitely be using templates and that, but it still may not be quite on brand for you. That's the problem. So I think it's just using those tools too. So today we are going to be talking about DIY branding, Mm -hmm. obviously in line with what we've just talked about, the fact that you know, I think that having a designer is really important and should be part of your team, but I don't know that it has to be part of your team full time if you're not at that stage yet where, you know, you've got say a designer on staff kind of thing or on call. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I think just really starting off with, you know, for, for my audience, like I said to you, a lot of them have been in business for a long time. We do have some startups, but you know, a lot of them have been in business for a long time. And I think that sometimes we want to do that brand refresh and we want to kind of have something a bit fresh and new for ourselves, but what's the best way to do that? And, and how are people thinking about it right now? What are you sort of finding? Yeah. So rebranding is a whole, it's a whole kettle of fish. And so it's interesting to look at, but I think don't rebrand just for the sake of rebranding. You always want to have a good reason behind it because obviously um, hopefully all of your listeners know having a brand that's really consistent is so important because people begin to relate to you they begin to recognize you when they're scrolling their social media and they see the same color or the same patterns that you use to then they're like cool I'll stop that's something Susan's doing I'm really interested in that and they and they pause and so we want to make sure that if we're doing a rebrand it's either because our current brand is not reflecting what our brand is now about or is not reflecting what our audience needs, or is just totally um, ugly. Um, <laughs> I'm okay if that is your reason for rebranding. Because yeah. honestly, yeah. That, that, that is a good enough And reason. we all evolve. Like when I, it's so we funny. I was doing evolve. a clean out of my Dropbox the other day and I've got like a website file and banners and images and I went back and looked and I was just like, and I was deleting some of them. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so. But I've kept some of them because I think it's important to keep that stuff sometimes to be like, that's where I started. It was bad, yep. but that's where I started. And now, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I've kept, I have, you know, some people go through and delete their old Instagram images and stuff. I've kept all of mine. So if you scroll back for a few years, you'll see the, incre- like, I started off in like grays and whites. And then I went to like hot pink and white. I don't know what I did that for. And now it's totally different again. And so just watching the the evolution of, of, of who you are, how you're discovering, how you serve people, how, like, and you discover who your target audience is more and more. Um, so yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's okay to evolve. Um, but when you do want to do a rebrand, you want to make sure you're um, doing that intentionally. Um, and you can do that a few different ways. You could do like a full, like snap, rip the bandaid off, do a, do a full different look, or you can do a slow evolution. Um, like when I changed from my hot pinks to what I do now, which is kind of like corals, teals and pebbles. Um, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like, bam, I suddenly had a whole different look. I slowly kind of mellowed down the hot pink and then I kind of brought in a slightly different font and moved that along. So that was how I decided to, and to be honest, the rebrand wasn't a conscious decision. It was, it was a, it was, it was a reflection of where I was at in my business and wanting to do something different. Cause what I found, um, which this is a good reason to rebrand is I was ashamed to direct people to my Instagram. I was, I was like, this doesn't represent me. I don't think this attracts my target audience. And so when someone would say, oh, what's your business? I'm looking up on Instagram. I'd be like, you know what? I'd prefer if you didn't <laughs> because I'm just not happy with how it looks. And so if we're getting to that point in our business, we want to make sure that we're considering um, 
thinking about what our target audience really does want and what makes us proud to direct people to our business. Because if we're not proud, we're not going to say, hey, I'm here to serve you or, hey, check me out or, hey, um, I'm going to do the best job I can for you. We're going to be like, I I don't want to show up for you. Um, If you want to work with me, here's my email. Don't look at anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, that's something that I've absolutely seen in a lot of, my community and followers and that is just like, I don't want to show up because I don't love what I've got. Uh, And if you're not confident in what you've got and it doesn't reflect you and the level at which you work at as well, because obviously your visual branding is part of your brand positioning as well. Like when I I look at it, I'm going to make a pretty quick decision about whether I think, you know, what I think your pricing is, what I think your quality is, what I think, where I think you're positioned in the market, those sorts of things. So, you know, whilst it's not everything, it is a really important part of that first impression. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible how much like, I went like, and, and, and yeah, the, the pricing is a huge thing as well. Like in terms of, if I go to a bit, if I, even restaurants are a really great example of this, we can tell it really clearly. If we look at a restaurant, we're like, mm, they're obviously a high end restaurant. Um, I'll choose to go there on like my fancy dates when I want to spend a lot of money. And then you purposely choose a restaurant that doesn't have the perfect branding or the, per- or like the really polished black and white look. Um, for when you're wanting to go to a cafe with a friend for the afternoon. So we make all these decisions off what someone's visual brand looks like. So you want to make sure that our visual brand is really relevant for what our business is, where we want to position ourselves and who we want to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got two, uh, we've got two restaurants that are on our high street, on our main road. <laughs> it's so British, isn't it? On our high street. Uh, on our main road in our suburb and it just looks really tacky. And one of our neighbours said it's actually a really good Indian restaurant and we always order Indian from like other suburbs and stuff. I'm really all about supporting our local, like our local coffee shops, but it just looks terrible. And (laughs) I'm just like, I would never order from them. Um, But a neighbour said they're really good. And so we ordered from them based on his recommendation and they were really good. But I said to, um, and I was talking to my kids, my kids are going to grow up to be branding experts, by the way. Um, I said to my kids, I was just like, like when you look at it, it doesn't look very nice. It doesn't look very clean. It doesn't, and this is just like the outside. This is not like going in or anything. It just looks tacky. So I just wouldn't buy from them, but they were really good. So it's so important. Yeah. It's a shame if like, and what if that's happening in our businesses? What if someone is stumbling onto an Instagram account and being like, I don't, I don't, they, they don't look like they'd be able to help me or they don't look like they're in my, they're in my field or they don't look like um, they're trustworthy enough to put my money into then we're missing out on clients left, right and centre just from them glancing at our Instagram or glancing at our website or glancing at our flyer and making a split decision um, and not giving us a chance to prove ourselves. And people do that all the time. And it's because the the market's busy. We've got a lot of choices. And so we look at it. We need to do it. Yeah, so we we do make um, quick decisions whether you like it or not. So when it comes to good visual branding, what are some of the things that we should be looking at or thinking about? Yeah, I think... I always tell my students that it's good to base your visual brand off three different areas. Um, I kind of picture it as a Venn diagram. If you want to picture, there is one on my Instagram somewhere. Um, And it's, you want to think about what your business is about. Like, what are you representing to the world? Like if you are um, a day spa, then you're thinking calm and relaxing and rejuvenating, Um, whatever that is, or whether it's femininity or refreshing or fun or passion, like work out what your business values are and what your existing for so that's the first circle the second circle is then your target audience so who are they um what do they need from you what kind of things do they love what kind of things um inspire them what kind of things uh, resonate with them and then you've got your third circle of what do you love particularly if you're a, a brand that is based heavily on yourself like it's not just a team of 50 face, faceless people but it is based on yourself which i know is you and me um, So when you have those and and what you love, so thinking about the colours that you love, the things that inspire you, the things that make you want to show up. And when we combine those three circles and find the cross-section between what what our business is about, who our target audience is and what we love, then we've often found a really beautiful place to put our brand. Um, So there might be a colour that you love that your target audience loves that also represents um, what your business is about and using that as a base for your brand colour or similar with fonts or similar with styles or different things like that. So I think... Thinking about those three areas is a really great place to begin as we start to think about what our visual brand can represent. 
Yeah. And I think the other thing that I think about when you talk about that is that a lot of times I'm a bit like this. Like when I walk into a room, when we talk about say interior design, when I walk into a room, I know what I love and what I don't love, Mm -hmm. but don't ask me to put it together. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I start with a blank room, like I'm not the person that's going to create an amazing space for you. Um, But I feel like that with uh, visual branding as well, is that if you're not somebody that naturally knows how things fit together, that's when I would hire a designer. Mm. But also Pinterest is like a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just seeing how fonts work together, seeing how colours work together. I remember, and this was like five or six years ago, I remember I think it was called Design Seed or something like that. It was like a colour where it would show you colour palettes. So it would like have a picture of nature and then the colour palette that comes from that. And I remember that's like where I started, where I was like, what colour palette do I want to have? (laughs) And I was kind of looking at these different ones um, and seeing, yeah, what I liked. But I think that if you do struggle to put things together, then do take a look at different resources that you can kind of use to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the perfect recommendation. And even me, like, I'm not a drawer. I'm not a create from scratch person. I'm a oh, that looks cool. I'll put that with that. Like I'd be the same as you in interior design. Like I find that so much, so challenging, but people would call me creative and they probably call you creative as well. Yet here we are really struggling to start with things from scratch. And so I'm um, going to things like Pinterest um, is really important and just searching different phrases. Like if you've worked out what your business is about, say it's about passion or refreshing, then search this phrase like refreshing graphic design or calm graphic design or whatever that is and begin to just scroll, like allow yourself the space to scroll and scroll and scroll until you start to notice a pattern. You'll start to Maybe see- not for days though, maybe, maybe- just for a few <laughs> Like, but honestly, Let me put a time limit on it. <laughs> pop, 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 pop on a Susan's podcast on, and when that's finished, you know that you're probably you have to make growing. a decision. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, what I often recommend people do is they they do that and they pin a few things that they like, and then they go over to what they've pinned and see if there's any trends, see mm. if there's colors that keep popping up, or see if there's font styles that keep popping up. Um, and then you can just begin to just do that thing. The other thing I recommend if you're struggling to work out. Um, what you want to base your brand on is, is have a coffee with your target audience. So if you've had a past client that you've really loved working with or a past customer, say, hey, can I pick your brains? Can I just ask you the kind of things you love? And sometimes they'll know and sometimes they won't know. If they don't know, then that's where your Pinterest board might come in handy. You could show them it and say, do you like any of the kind of designs you see here? Do you like the colors? What If, if you saw like just give them two color palettes and say, which one do you prefer? Like make it easy on them. Um, but using that that base of, of, of Pinterest and actually talking to a target audience can really help you begin to build a, build a bit of a picture of what will work for your brand um, and help you not be so, oh, I don't know what I'm doing right now. There's too many options because there are a lot of options. You only have to pick one and it doesn't have to be perfect because there's no one perfect option. Um, that's where a lot of people get stuck as well, thinking that they have to find this perfect unicorn of their, yeah. their brand and picking their perfect colors and fonts. There's no perfect Pick ones that you like and your target audience likes and go with them and commit to them and then that builds a consistency. Yeah, and just know that it's not set in concrete. Yeah, it can like, evolve. Like, you know, in a few years or in a year or two years or three years, you can always evolve and change and refresh and all the rest of it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. I think that the, the thing that I would say with that is to give yourself a set amount of time though as well because I think that that can be what is Denise (laughs) Duffield Thomas calls it procrastinate branding which is like it's like I can't launch because this is not the exact color of turquoise that I need it to be no Um, does not matter go launch (laughs) move on with your life so yeah so I think that's the other thing is pick what you like go with it get a bit of help if you need to but move yeah. And sometimes we only get the full clarity after we've started posting stuff and working with it. We're like, you know what? That turquoise is a little bit too dark. I'm just going to notch it up at like two degrees of brightness. And then you don't, that's not a rebrand. You're just like yeah. tweaking things as you go to suit. And that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be set in stone. Yes. I had an orange in my color palette and I'm like, mm. I like coral better. So we just yep. toned it down a bit, yep. which is, which I now love and I use everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right, cool. What else do we need to be thinking about? I think 
the other thing that comes with confidence with graphic design is just knowing that you're doing it right. Um, so that once you've once you've worked out what your brand is going to actually look like, you, you, if you, and you're doing a social media post, there are wrong and right ways to do that. So obviously, the right ways we know are to make that off your brand. So using your color palettes in your social media, using your fonts in your social media, using those styles over and over to build that consistency, like we've mentioned. But also to know what your what your message is, to know um, how to use the right design principles to convey that message. So say, for example, you're running a webinar on how to learn to jump, then you want to make sure, I've seen this webinar everywhere, it's like totally oversaturated in the market. (laughs) Um, You want to know, as a business owner, you want to be thinking through what do my audience need to know and how do I need to communicate this? So for example, you wouldn't put the date as the key piece of information because people don't care about the date if they don't know what the date is for. So you want to put want to learn to jump is like the biggest piece of information on that text and then take them on a visual journey through that graphic by letting them know what the date is then letting them know what the cost is then letting them know how to book all in order of priority of information you don't want all of that information to be jumping out at them straight away you want that want to learn to jump to jump out at them then that catches their attention and then you take them on a journey through that to help them make their decision so when we think about design isn't about prettiness design is about communication it's about connecting with our audience and telling them what they need to know. And so if I'm running that webinar, I need to think about why I'm doing that, who I'm talking to with that graphic so that they can make a decision for me. And so when we're doing that, we want to make sure we're thinking about the hierarchy of our text. So having big text, little text, text that contrasts, um, text that doesn't contrast. We want to make sure the graphic is easy to look at and it's not stressing people out so that there's balance and that there's space around it. Now, of times I see people whack way too much text on a social media post. You can save that for the caption. You don't have to have everything in the actual graphic. You can have the key information and say, look, more details in caption or something. You don't even have to say that, but that's what we're actually doing. Making sure that the fonts you're choosing are really readable is another important one. Sometimes I know as a lot of females get caught up with picking a really beautiful cursive font, but we actually like, that's not readable. No one is actually knowing what you're saying and therefore it's not communicating. Therefore it's not good design. So thinking through making sure our, our text is readable, that it's contrasting enough from the background. Like I was just example. about to say contrast yeah. is a big one. I find Huge that sometimes one. where I'm just like, I actually can't read what, like it's either too small and no, it's not just my eyesight. Um, It's too small or it's like a light color with white text or something like that, where I'm just like, I literally can't read what that says. And that's not communicating and you're not getting their message. You're not going to hire them. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking through contrast and that could be through, um, like they could have made that white text work on a light color background if they made a th- the font thicker, for example, mm. or um, you couldn't, or some, sometimes had a shadow put, background or something a shadow like background, that. Or yeah. you could put like a little block behind the text, yeah. like thinking through different, like always prioritize the communication of that graphic. And sometimes because we're creating it, we can't actually tell that it's not readable because we know what it says. We're not going back and reading it. Um, mm. For example, I make a lot of text mistakes because I'm not looking at what the text says I'm not reading the text I'm looking at how it looks Um, so as a designer I have to keep making sure I go back and making sure that it's readable and so the just a practical way to do that is to work on a design show your computer go away for 10 minutes and come back to it and be like fresh eyes does this make sense is this readable maybe lifting maybe moving yourself away from the computer and just having a look really far away and reminding yourself to keep looking is this readable is there enough contrast? Is the message in this graphic clear? If you're meeting all of those things and, and the balance and, and the cleanliness, that's really important too. And if you're meeting those things and chances are your graphic is not too bad, especially if you're working within your brand and the, and the rules you've already set out for yourself. Um, yeah, that's really important. Yeah, it's really interesting as well, isn't it? Because obviously trends come and go and change yeah. and I'm seeing a lot more text-based carousels Mm -hmm. as in like it would be normally what would be in the caption yeah now written it's almost like a letter or a do you know what I mean like where you swipe but it's like there's a lot of text written yeah um and I'm trying to decide whether I like it or not like I feel like it probably makes me want to read it a little bit more rather than it being in the caption but I just think it's interesting to see the trends that are coming when it comes to specifically in Instagram, like what we're seeing as far as what 
and images now. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. There are so many options. And I think you can definitely have a lot of text inside a carousel because obviously you've you've, you've just bought yourself five more slides of real estate in terms of writing stuff. Mm. But still, if, if we want to make sure that it's feeling spacious, yeah. we want to make sure it's feeling readable. And so if those two things are still there, then it's okay to have lots of text. But if your text is starting to get too small to be able to read on a phone screen, or if it's too busy that people just don't feel overwhelmed by looking at it, then that's not the place. So if that was the case, then you could have just a head- headline of what your next point is on your carousel and then have the extension of that inside your caption. So yeah, as long as I'm meeting those rules and it's a lot easier to know if something's actually going to work. Um, and obviously considering a target audience, if your audience loves reading and stuff, then write lots. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just, a dis- it depends on, the type of content you want to share. And if you're somebody that wants to go a bit deeper or, um, yeah, share more tips and things like that, yeah, you can definitely see how that works. But it's just been interesting to watch other people doing it because it's not something I would normally do. But, you know, you can definitely try things out and see what works. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay, so once we've kind of got our... um, once we've got our design principles and the hierarchy and the readability and that... Um, what else do we need to sort of think about? There's probably not like a wild amount more. The next decision you need to make for your business is working out what you want to do yourself and what you want to hire a designer for. Like what is actually feasible for you and for your business um, in this season and long-term and that will probably change and evolve for you. Um, Yeah, because obviously you can hire a designer to do everything. You could hire a designer to just do a little bit. You could hire a really cheap designer to do a really bad job of most things, or you could do it yourself. (laughs) There are a lot of options. Uh, I like how you just slid that in there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's true. And people that hired me in the very first stages would have got a very different design and everything than what they're getting when they hire me now, you know, the way things work. You get what you pay for. (laughs) You do. Absolutely. Cool. Um, And so when it comes to what we should actually be DIYing, like you've just given me obviously a few different options. And at the beginning, I talked about what I do myself and what I outsource. How do you make that decision? Yeah. So um, hopefully a lot of it will come naturally, but a lot of it, when we're thinking about firstly, your budget, if you have the budget to hire a graphic designer to do everything, do that. Like it's, it's going to save you a lot of time. It's going to save you a lot of thinking. And they're going to help you to find clarity in whatever you're making. Um, but for a lot of businesses, that just isn't feasible. Because when you start thinking about, like, design is obviously more than just your logo. It's it's your full brand. It's the way you show up. It's your social media, your email signature. It's any projects you put out there, your podcast. Your, like, there's so many different graphics. Um, and to hire a designer for all of that will cost you thousands and thousands and thousands. And so it should. Um, and so if you have those that money to invest in a designer, absolutely do that. But if if your budget is a bit time a bit constrained, then you want to begin to think about um, what is your priority to get right, um, and what can you do yourself. So, um, I would probably recommend that if you had a bit of a budget to hire a designer to make your brand um, mm-hmm. and hire a good designer at that, like what you did of, of someone that's going to give you um, the colors to use, not just the colors in your logo. That's going to give you heaps of fonts. It's going to give you. Um, not all designers will do this, but they give you a template that you might be able to use for your social media or for a flyer or for things that you know that are going to be popping up a lot in your future business ask for a template for that um and that will really help you get your get your feet on the ground um but again if if you have money you'd hire someone to do everything but another thing to consider is your is your time do you have the time to put towards this um i would recommend if you don't have time hire someone if you do have a little bit of time to learn though it will be really worthwhile because like the immediacy of being able to do something yourself is almost priceless in terms of um yeah like say for us say for your instagram there was a really big social issue that just popped up and you wanted to make sure you're present and speaking about that if you can post an image um like in the next day with the, that's related to that that's on brand for you that you've made really quickly that's going to be a lot easier than how, waiting for your designer like I'm going to take a week or two to get back to you because I have other clients in the in the works so I can't just drop everything to do this one graphic for you so the immediacy of being able to do things yourself is really important but we must have the time to learn how to do those design principles well in the first place there's no point putting out like just doing one bad design 
I get it. Cool. That's fine. You can't do everything perfect, but to do it really badly consistently will mean that your message isn't clear. Will mean that you're not connecting with your audience. It will mean all of these detrimental things for your business. So you want to make sure that if you are going to DIY, that you do have the time to learn how to do it well from the start. Um, so that your business is going to be thanking you for that rather than just getting by until you have the money to hire a designer, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously if you're not doing it well, it goes back to that point we were making where you're not going to be proud of it and it's no. not going to be great and it's not yep. going to, you know, continue to be consistent with the rest of your branding if it's been done well and that sort of thing too. Yep. Yeah. It just relates to so many different parts of our business. And we think, we think that like, Design isn't like there's too many things to invest in in business and sometimes you put design off, but in the end, it does actually affect a lot of areas of business. And that's not to say that you can't have a successful business without good design. You absolutely can, but you do want to make sure that you are putting effort into that if it is something you think you can utilize for your business. Um, yeah. I was thinking today too, like some businesses, um, they don't need graphic design that's good because their audience really does not care. But majority of us, that our audience does care. Um, and there's, there's a line too between authenticity and good design. Like some people really um, detest really put together Instagram feeds, for example, because they feel like it's not authentic. So making sure too that you're thinking about what your audience loves and what they are attracted to to what where you invest your time in graphic design so, so for example if your audience really just appreciates selfies of you on your feed then you wouldn't invest in a graphic designer to do perfect social media for you because that's not relevant for you in this season with your audience so even just thinking through what your audience needs is really important as well yeah yeah for sure yeah and even another thing to think about if you're wanting to diy versus finding a designer is even just your future business needs like if you've got an idea of making a course in the future or making a book in the future um, think about do I want to be able to do these graphics or do I want to hire someone to do all these graphics um, for me with my course I'm very very glad I could do the workbooks and do the design for my course myself just because it meant at two o'clock in the morning when you had this brainwave for something you could really just make it all together I mean that felt really natural for me but if you're someone that would really struggle with that or um, your future design needs don't need someone in the like just thinking through what your future needs are will really help you work out if hiring a designer is something you really need to do right now or if mm -hmm. it's something that you want to invest in learning yourself as well because um, there is there is definitely a place for both and there's definitely a place for business to do both at the same time. Like, as you said, to do some, some designs you ask me for and some designs you just whip out yourself. Yeah. Um, and there's, and that gives you flexibility and, and, and control. I think lots of business owners naturally just like control. Um, and so being able to do some good stuff yourself does give you that control back, which I think people find appealing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that speed to market as well. Like you said, when you get an idea, you just want to run with it, yeah. you know, and if your designer's not around for a week or two, that doesn't really, <laughs> which is, which is totally normal and fine, but yeah, it's good to have that option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what else should we or shouldn't we be doing ourselves? So a lot of people feel like they can't or shouldn't do their own logo design. Um, and there is a place for both schools of thought, I firmly believe. Um, but if you're someone who doesn't have the budget to hire a good graphic designer to do your logo, it is actually something that you can consider doing yourself. Um, even in a, pro a program like Canva, um, some designers will shoot me for saying what I've just said, um, but it is... I do believe it's important and it is possible. And I have taught my students to do it and it hasn't fallen in a heap for them. So, um, but that there are things, there are best practices you must remember when designing your own logo. And I thought I'll just quickly cover that in case any of you decide to do that. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that oh, there's, 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 there is a few things to consider. So you can, <laughs> can do it in Canva, um, but you can't, don't use one of their pre-made logo templates. One, it's not unique to you. And two, you'll never be able to copyright it because it's not unique to you. Um, but you can create. Um, so if, I don't know if you've heard, Suze, do you know the difference between a vector file and a raster file? I do. Yeah. So a vector file is, it's kind of like a file that's made up of lots of different mathematical points. It can stretch to be the size of a coin or the size of a billboard and it mm -hmm. won't ever lose quality. Like when you stretch a picture or a photo, it gets pixelated. Um, and so you want to make sure that we're doing a logo, that it's a vector file. And Canva doesn't actually say it does vector files, but I've done a test and it does. And that happens if you only use shapes and, and text. And those two things are pretty much all a logo is anyway. So um, it's just about being creative with those options. So when someone's in Canva, I recommend they go into the shape section, just the basic kind of shapes 
and start to create um, graphics from that. I'm not going to go into how to make a logo because that's a yeah. whole other thing. <laughs> but I, I started doing it. I was like, no, Jackie, stop. <laughs> but in essence, you want to make sure you're creating a vector logo. So think about just using text or just using a few basic shapes. And you can, I, I've made a whole Pinterest board of logos that could have been made on Canva just out of being clever with the shapes that you can make or being clever mm-hmm. with the ideas you can do. Um, so that's and so a, how do you download a vector image? Like, is it, it doesn't have that question. as yep. an option because it's got JPEG, PNG and yep. PDF. Yeah, but PDF is a vector file. Oh. A vector file. PDF can also be a raster format, which is the other option, um, but it can also be a vector file. So if you've just done um, shapes and text and they will, and if you gave, if you, if you downloaded your picture from Canva and gave it to me as a PDF, I could open up in my vector file, file programs for Adobe and it would be a vector file, um, which is okay. really great, which means that if you ever want to send it to a sign, a sign person to print your sign up massive, or if you want to ever put on a t-shirt, those kind of things are, you really need a vector file for that. Um, and also means it's easy to change its color. Also means it's, it's, it's forcing yourself to keep your logo simple. There is nothing worse than having an overcomplicated logo. That's what your full brand is for. You want the, all the colors, all the textures, all the glitter, all the watercolor to put in your full brand, not in your actual logo itself. You want that logo to be simple and clean and flexible for all of your business needs. Um, so that's really important. Another thing to think about if you're doing your logo is that you want to make sure that you've got different variations. You want to make sure that there's an icon that works really well by itself. You want to make sure that you've got that like a landscape and a horizontal, they're the same thing, a landscape and a vertical version of your logo. So like you might have your icon and then text below it um, or your icon next to your text, just so that it can fit in different spaces, like for your Instagram DP or your email signature or a letterhead. You want all you want different variations of your logo, not just one stagnant logo that you can't do anything with. And that goes the same with color. You might choose to have a pink logo, but you also want to have a version that's white. And you also want to have a version that's black and that mm. still actually looks okay. Um, and lastly, you just want to make sure that you're not using other people's elements within your logo if you don't have permission to do so. So say, for example, in a, in a social media post, you can use the random cool textures and patterns and shapes and elements inside Canva just fine. But inside a logo, it needs to be just your stuff. It needs to be, um, and just your stuff could just be a, like a square isn't copyrighted by anyone. So you can make stuff out of a square or out of mm. a circle or a semicircle. Um, and so just making sure that you're doing stuff that's totally unique just for your logo. Um, and if you want to include really fun elements in the rest of your branding, go for it, but make sure that's not in your actual logo because that's going to make it very hard to trademark or copyright in the future. Um, okay. So those are a few just best practices for logo design, particularly on Canva. Um, but yeah, downloading them as um, PN, PNGs is a really good one as well. Um, well. Because you can get a transparent background. Can you get yeah. a transparent background on PDF? I don't think you can. You can't upload into Canva with a PDF either. So that's just PDF. PDFs do have transparent backgrounds, but mainly just for people like me who would, so you want to download that to send to like a a professional designer or a Mm. printer if you needed that. But to work with for yourself, then I would just make a massive version of a PNG logo. So I'd do like an A4 or A3 version of your logo on Canva. Download that as a transparent PNG, which you can only do in Canva Pro. Um, And then you have, and do that with the different colors, your pink version, your logo, your white version, logo, your different variations. And you've got a whole suite of logos you can use. Um, And if you don't have Canva Pro, the workaround to that is just to group your elements together, um, group your text and your pictures together and copy and paste that into different um, graphics that you're making inside Canva. Okay, cool. Yeah, hopefully that makes sense. It's quite quite practical, (laughs) but I do like to make sure that people just know the different things to think about if they do choose to do that. No, well, I didn't know that, um, I didn't know a PDF was a vector. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's not always a vector, so don't just assume, but it can definitely be. Okay. All it's right, a then. either or okay yep what so, else can we do or, sorry, or not do or not do so there's there are graphics i wouldn't recommend doing yourself so for example if you're putting up a billboard on a freeway get a designer to do that you know <laughs> and like you said some some different frameworks you want made or a gif you want made if you can't work that out yourself just hire a designer another big thing is if you're doing a massive print run of like lots and lots of flyers or anything like that just just get a designer because if you make one mistake you're going to be kicking yourself because that costs mm. you a mint to print um so those are things you want to think about also um if you're doing things like um, packaging, packaging you could do by yourself, but again, it's really fiddly. So you want to make sure if you could have the budget, get a designer to do that a little bit for you. 
Um, but there's things like flyers or business cards or any lots of other print things or a poster. You can definitely do yourself. Um, if you're doing that, though, I just recommend to make sure you do a test print to make sure what's the time people get caught up in their graphics being pixelated, like if they've used a photo of themselves that they're does their photographer gave them for the web but they try to print that out it's going to be low quality so the picture quality isn't going to be very good so just if you do a test print you're going to avoid if you can replace that picture and know that's the case um, you also want to make sure you're making things at the right size say for example you've done a social media post and you're like oh i'm going to print that out as a huge square poster um, no you're going to you're going to want to remake that in the right size so that it's printing at the right quality and it actually looks really crisp and beautiful and professional like you know what's happening in the world um, and not like you just quickly whip something up which is what we're doing we're all just sitting at our computers pretending we know what we're doing um, but we want to make sure we look like we know what we're yeah. doing um, and if things are looking really clear then that's a really great way to do it yeah okay cool very good um, and what are some of the other things that we just need to be thinking about as well when it comes to our own design? Yeah. So like we've mentioned before, keeping that consistency in our graphics is really important. And I think, I don't think we've said this, but it also builds loyalty. Um, when someone sees something that they're familiar with, then they start to begin to build a connection with it. And I think that's a really important thing for a brand is to build connection with people. Um, and so making sure you're keeping those graphics consistent and not getting caught up in the, um, oh, that's a really cool new font. I'm going to try that this week. But um, allowing a brand to evolve if that's what it needs to, but also sticking with what you choose. I like to I like the phrase pick and stick. And so you just pick something. It doesn't have to be perfect, but pick it and stick with it and that will build that consistency. Um, the next thing, is, we've kind of mentioned this as well, but it's really, really important is to make sure your message is really clear. Um, sometimes we just jump straight into creating a graphic. If we don't think about what our message is. Why? Ask yourself, why am I making this graphic? What is the purpose of it? Who am I trying to communicate to? And what do they need to know? And even thinking about, say, for example, if you're making a poster for your services and that was going in a, in a, in a, in a supermarket somewhere, what you're putting in that poster is going to be a lot different than what you're putting in an Instagram post that's going to an audience that already know you very well. Mm. So thinking about even though your target audience is still the same person, where they're meeting you at might be different. So thinking about what do they need to know? Do I need to introduce myself at all? Do I need to, I need to build credibility in that post in a supermarket? But I've already built that credibility on my Instagram feed. So I, there's information I can leave out now because I don't need to build that. So thinking about what your message is um, and who who you're talking to and what stage they are, are in your customer journey. Um, I think that's a really important one that people forget about too. Yeah. So then the next one is, making sure you're creating those high quality graphics. Like I mentioned, and like you found with our Indian shop down the road, like we, we do. I feel bad for them. I like want to like go and help them. Go in there and say, yeah. hey, have you thought about just changing stuff? Yeah. Um, and but, but that's true because we're clever as humans. We're not going to waste our time on things that we don't think are relevant to us. And we're going to cull out things left, right and center. So, so if we're really making sure that our businesses are working with that and not against that. So using quality graphics, using um, quality images, using like getting professional photos taken, like you don't have to have a full suite of 50 photos, hire a, design, hire a photographer for 20 minutes and ask them to take five good photos of you. That's still going to make a really big difference. Um, so using high quality imagery is really important. Yeah. And we buy with our eyes. That's yes. like one of the main things. Yeah. 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 We really, really do. And like the amount of, I don't know if you're like this, but the amount of stuff I've just bought because it's pretty. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Jackie. <laughs> it's, it's so like even at the supermarket, it'll just be, uh, we make, we make, and we really use design too. Like I, I, because I'm about to have a baby, I'm now immersed in so many different products that I've never had it anything to do with in my mm. life remotely and I'm making a lot of decisions based on what that brand looks like yeah I'm across what they what 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 they're putting out into the world because I, I try to buy more natural sustainable kind of things and if your brand doesn't look natural or sustainable then I'm like cool I'll, I'll keep moving on so we're making all these split second decisions mm -hmm. really really quickly and we want to make sure that yeah our brand is saying what we need it to say and talking to who we need it to talk to so that people can actually get like if you could have the best copywriting in the whole world, but if people aren't stopping to read that copy, it's pointless. So you want to make sure our graphics and our imagery are saying to people, hey, I'm for you. Now come get come into my world, read my read, read what I have to say, um, see what I have to offer and see if it's for you. But if people are just scrolling past us, we don't get the opportunity to speak even more to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a big shame. 
yeah. And obviously, if you're following the rules around um, balance and hierarchy and colors and contrast, then you're going to be doing pretty good. And I think the most important thing I tell my students is it's okay to stuff up. It's okay to, to, to try things and they didn't work. It's okay to, like, when I'm designing, I can get, uh, there is zero times I've ever made a graphic where a first thing I've tried has worked. You want to you want to play with the layout. Say, say you've got to make a poster for something. I might put a photo at the top and be like, nope, that doesn't work. I have to move it down the bottom, now down to the side. Oh, that photo doesn't work at all. I have to replace the photo. Like being prepared to, to spend a little bit of time and to do trial and error and enjoy that process. Learn that it's okay mm-hmm. that you might need to try a couple of different fonts or try a different positioning or try popping a block of color behind that piece of text because it wasn't readable the first time you tried it. Like trial and error is okay. And it's part of the beauty of design and part of the beauty of experimenting and having fun with that creativity. So that's a big thing is be okay with trial and error if you're doing your own graphics. I feel like that's just life in general. Be okay oh. with trial. As well as design. Yeah. So, so, so true. Awesome. Well, I think that that is, I mean, there are so many things that we can be doing ourselves. I do think that we need a framework for what we can do, what we should outsource, Mm -hmm. what we need to think about when we're doing it, if we're doing it ourselves. But I do think we are in such a world now where we, we've got access to all of these awesome tools. Um, And I think it's just kind of that balance of having access to the tools, having a good visual brand that you can use consistently and play with Mm. um, when you're creating your graphics as well. But yeah, I think that that, um, that definitely would speak to my audience um, and where they are because I know most of them are kind of sitting on that fence of having designers as well as doing things themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think even like as I said, some, some of the most successful businesses I work for, they still do occasionally their own stuff because that's just how it works. It's business. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyone anyone can do their own things. Um and some people it will come more naturally and some people will need a bit more work, but I, I do actually believe everyone can learn. Um, and that's why I teach it. <laughs> yeah. So good. Awesome. Well, Jackie, thanks so much. I appreciate you coming on when you're nearly popping, uh, <laughs> but um, where can people find you? We'll have all your details in the show notes as well, but what do you want to share? Where, where do you want people to come and connect? I would love to see you over my Instagram. Um, it's white deer GD. Um, I am going to be trying to keep showing up and giving, I give, <laughs> I love giving design tips and stuff and I've got plans. I've got really good plans <laughs> to schedule. We'll forgive you content. if you're busy with a brand new baby, oh, but so yes. If you hop over um, when you're listening to this podcast, you might see pictures of a baby. You might see um, design stuff. You might mm. see a little bit of both, um, but um, that's for a year. So white deer GD is my handle and that's where you can find a lot of my stuff um, or just whitedeer.com.au. You can see if my course is going to be for you, if it's something that will help your business grow um, and equip you. Um, yeah, just different stuff like that. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks you for having me. It's been a blast. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. I loved having Jackie on and I do think that really nailing your DIY uh, design is so important because we move so quickly. I have got a number of designers that I work with and I love them, but sometimes I just need to do something now. (laughs) And so so I obviously use Canva and, uh, and I've got some templates that I got from my designer that I can go and edit and use. But I just think being able to move quickly in your business is such an important thing. And so I loved this chat with Jackie. So make sure you go and say hi to her and share this if you enjoyed it. Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixon on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.